Today's episode of the Hot 4 podcast is brought to you by EcoKeg, the strongest, most versatile and eco-friendly one-way keg on the market today. EcoKegs can be racked just like a cask or counter-pressure filled like any traditional steel keg. Made in the UK using 70% recycled materials and fully recyclable to industrial recyclers, they can be 100% recycled by EcoKeg themselves into new kegs and they also offer free collection for empty EcoKegs. Used extensively across the brewing industry by cast brewers looking to enter the keg market without needing any expensive equipment, as well as macro and micro brewers distributing across the UK and throughout the rest of the world, particularly because they are available not only in Sankey valves, but Grundy, A and D types also. For more information, you can speak directly to Lewis on 01656 725 799 or email info at ecokeg.com or visit their website ecokeg.com. This is Nick Law and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. Grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. When I were a lad, up in Barnsley, I used to be in this band called Strawberry Jack, and we were f***ing great. Truth be told, we weren't great. But it was a proper laugh. Uh, Me, Russ, Andy and Sponge, yep. Sponge uh, would smash out emo punk metal hits such as Terminal Velocity, Edward, Glitterless, and our flagship song featuring Sponge on harmonica and face melting blue solos, Limousine. We played all the venues, Bodegas, where apparently Muse. Yep, you heard me, Muse, once played in the mid-90s. I had my first illegal pint of draft beer there when I turned 16 back in 1998. A pint of Tetley's, which at the time seemed amazing, probably because I was underaged and it was my first draft beer. We once did a gig in an Irish pub called O'Neill's where this bartender who liked to pull a fast one over local bands and diddle them out of cash said he'd give us 10% of the bar on a Monday night in full knowledge that hardly anyone comes out drinking on a Monday. So we absolutely crammed the bloody place and he had to fork over a cool £200 for us which at the time seemed like an absolute fortune. I discovered my love of real ales with those lads in that band, sampling everything from Barnsley Bitter and Moonshine to who knows what else, most of which at the time probably contained Fuggles or more Fuggles. It it was great. I loved it. Fast forward 20 years and I'm stood outside the newly opened Lost Industry Tap and there's this guy with this mahoosive beard and a hat looking as cool as buggles who out of nowhere says to me i used to come watch your band strawberry jack 
It was like a total blast from the past. I had no idea who this guy was, but I quite liked people knowing about my sordid past. So uh, I asked his name and he turned out to be Lewis Ryan or Louis, as he's known to many brewers, including Abbeydale Brewery, Rock Leopard and Admanson, amongst others. Uh, Louis New Sponge or Richard Kitson, who was in our band, um, who also did the same course at Barnsley College before heading off to Birmingham to do an art degree. If you've never seen Louis' artwork, it's absolutely exceptional. Like, I was super keen to get him on the show talking about drawing art for breweries and can designs. I'm telling you, as a, as a creative myself, hearing Louis' passion for art and drawing was totally inspirational. Seeing the lengths he goes to when illustrating these cans made me personally want to and feel I need to up my creative game. It was just totally infectious. So to accompany this episode, if you head over to hotforward.beer forward slash podcast and go to the episode link, I've put up some of the illustrations he's done along with the original sketches to accompany this episode where he talks through the journey of these awesome artworks. I hope you feel as inspired by Louis as I did when you listened to this episode. So much so that you go and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify and the other podcasting platforms to say how inspired you feel by the podcast. Follow us on all the socials at Hot Forward Beers to keep up to date with what we're up to and check out hotforward.beer to see how we can help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. And now on to today's episode at the Lost Industry Tap, talking with Louis about beer art and branding after a quick sample of Strawberry Jack. Cheers. I'm here at the Lost Industry Tap uh, with, a, with a long lost friend of mine, uh, Louis. How's it, how's it going? Very good, how are you? Not so bad, thank you. Not so bad. Now, last time I saw you, which was in this place, you, uh, you revealed to me that you used to come to watch my band. That's a long time ago, yeah. Be, be, yeah many a long many time moons ago. ago. I'm surprised he remembers, actually. <laughs> we, were, uh, we, we were shit, but we were great. Oh, you had some classic tunes. <laughs> yeah. Can, can, you, can you name three? Um, Limousine, I can name one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one most people could name. Yeah. Yeah. I should put, probably put a clip on it on the podcast or something so people can hear the, the, the legend that is. For some of our listeners that might be unfamiliar with you, like, just give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into art. Um, I've been into art for a long time. Um, my background was primarily in, in art. Um, I started off, went to, to college, did a... a a GMBQ in, in art and design at Barnsley College um, and then went to university in Birmingham to, to study fine art um, and then somehow got into uh, design and marketing after I finished right. um, uh, and later saw marketing so um, and then somehow found my way back. <laughs> do, you find, do, you, do, you, do you find that a lot of art students end up doing stuff like <laughs> I think when, kind of jobs. Yeah, when you finish, you, when, when you do an art degree, you've got a passion for art, um, but there's kind of two outcomes. You either go into teaching, yeah. 
or you become a professional artist. Right. Um, I went into teaching for a while and realised it wasn't for me and then somehow stumbled into graphic design which um, when I was kind of st starting my art career the internet was just becoming what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the kind of computer generation was you know very up and coming kind of early uh, late 80s early 90s um, yeah that helped me get into graphic design. I was kind of building websites at home um, you know doing a bit of coding and just playing about with the internet um, and from that I, I got into kind of web design and then into graphic design uh, as a kind of hobby right uh, and then when I finished my my art degree uh, the hobby became the career right so we have you always been doing that freelance or um, no, not freelance, no, no. Um, I work for various web design companies. I've been uh, a junior web designer, um, then a senior designer, then become an art director uh, for a signage company over in Doncaster. Right. Um, um, from there, I've become uh, an art and marketing director, um, a lighting company. Yeah. So when, when you made that jump into doing your art full time like how, what, what was that like Just, it, it, <laughs> it was it was a hard thing to do a really hard thing to do because I wouldn't have made the jump um, I was kind of I was getting a little bored of the the marketing thing because being a marketing director you kind of or designing marketing director you've got a team that does all the kind of creative stuff um, so I started off the creative side of things mm. and then all of a sudden got a team and they were doing all the creative work and I was doing paperwork and marketing plans and right it, it become pretty boring <laughs> But at the same time, I would would have stayed there. Yeah. Um, the, the money was good, but it was a boring job. Um, mm. In the end, the, the company they, they asked me to become the managing director. Um, the the fellow that run the company stepped out. Uh, he wanted to become CEO and just come in once a month. Um, and he asked me to basically train to be the managing director. So I went on training. Um, and as I was training, he decided to sell the company instead. Right. Um, so the person that bought the company took that that role on. So I was kind of either back in marketing again uh, or without a job uh, and I didn't want to go back to marketing. So I handed my resignation in the, literally the day after. So what was that like in terms of like you're thinking, right, I've, I've, I ain't got <laughs> it a steady income. Like. Yeah, I've always had web designs, uh, web, websites kind of in the background. I've got about 60, 70 websites right. that kind of just run and I get some revenue from Google ads and Amazon ads and things like that. So mm. it wasn't a, you know, I'm, I'm going to be out of, you know, out of money, I'm going to struggle. It was more, I need to do something I love. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't for him making that decision to sell the company up, I wouldn't have jumped. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have made that decision to, to go into it. Yeah. So, so like now, now a bit more specifically then, um, you, you start doing freelance artwork. How, how did you get into beer art? Well, I wanted to work with areas I loved. Mm. I loved beer back at the time, kind of real ale and then the early do doors of craft beer. Um, and I love beer, I love music. So I thought, well, they're the two clients I want. Yep. And that's that's it. I wanted to work in areas and in industries I loved and not work with people. You know, I've worked in web, de web design, logo design, all that kind of stuff before. And you get clients that it can be a pain in the ass. And, you know, and if you're doing stuff for plumbers and, you know, electricians, it's, it's okay, it brings the money in, but it's not interesting. Yep. Um, and with the, the beer stuff, it was interesting. And I knew I could, you know, the industry was very vibrant anyway. Lots of colourful designs coming out for the likes of Beaver Town at the time. Mm. Um, um, and Brewdog, and they, they were the kind of really nice looking cans. I thought, I can do that. 
you know, my background's in, in kind of art and then design. I've got all the skills, bring all the skills together and, you know, I can do something that people are going to really love. So who, who was your first brewery? The f- first thing I did was kind of try and build a portfolio of beer-related work. Right. Um, I was a home brewer as well, so I decided to start with my own home, homebrew labels. Um, so I did a few pieces for homebrew labels. I also did some fan art for, for Brewdog. The Elvis juice at the time was, right. was going through all that kind of court case with uh, the Elvis estate. And I thought, oh, do, do some Elvis juice artwork with, with Elvis in there, like um, make it really yeah, kind of yeah. glamorous. And um, <laughs> just as a kind of fan art pun, because they couldn't get away with it. I'm sure they'd do it if they could. Um, so I thought, well, I'll do that. That'll bring some attention. And it did, I kind of did two pieces. Um, have, you, have, piece. you got, have you got them here? I've got, I have got them here, yeah. Uh, that's the Elvis oh, juice man, one. that's amazing. And then there's the Hopzilla one. They were the first two wow. pieces I'd, I'd done. Um, that's the ink, and that, the actual ink yep. drawing, and that's the, the printed version. Amazing. So when you, once you've done the ink, I presume you're getting that into Photoshop? Yeah, basically uh, scan it in. Or, or Illustrator, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, both. Right. If it's going to be blown up to a, like that was designed to be blown up to the any size, so it's vectored. Yeah. Um, which took some time, <laughs> um, but yeah, that could be printed the size of a billboard without any any loss of uh, image quality. Amazing. So, as an illustrator and a designer for beer and breweries, how how do you approach each project? Like, what what sort of things do you want to know from the brewer to help you? craft something that's going to reflect their unique and individual personalities it all depends it all depends on the brewery I've, certain people like to work in, in different ways mm. I'd, I'd like to have as much free reign as I can so if I'm given a beer name and that's it I'm really happy right because <laughs> I can then come up my my own ideas with the beer name some brewers will say well can can I have this or can can we use this kind of imagery imagery in there um, and that's fine as well but I prefer to have free reign yeah. and, and come up with you know it means I can go a bit crazy. I like I like to have things that are really vibrant and really not shocking, but so people can look at things and go, "Wow, there's so much going on here. Where where do I look next?" And mm. th- that kind of stuff sells as well. When it's on the bottle shop sell- shelf, it's, it stands out. Yeah, yeah. So how much do you like to get to know a brewery before you you take on a job, so you can inject yeah. their personality into it? It it helps to know know what the beer tastes like. Yeah. Um, if, if the beer is good, I don't. I don't like working with breweries if they've got rubbish beer. Right. Um, not not because I don't like the beer and because I don't like them. It, mainly because if I'm putting a design on their can and the contents inside are rubbish, people associate the rubbish inside the can with the, the design mm-hmm. on the outside. Even if they don't mean to, they do. Um, and I want my design to, yeah, to you know yeah. be as good as, as the beer inside. And you know I, I prefer to work with breweries mm-hmm. that are, are really really. But it's, know, it's funny you say that because. Um, I think first and foremost, these days, people are buying with their eyes. Um, you, you know, I mean, there are over, two, what is it, two and a half thousand breweries in yeah. the UK at the moment. Um, and for new entrants to the market that haven't established themselves as, as known brands, so to speak, yeah. um, what's the first thing you do? You, you, you look at the design. Well, it's when we were looking at the, the yeah. board, you know, it's, it, can be, it can be overwhelming looking at all the different beer styles and, and, and thinking, well, do I want an imperial Pe- style? People who know the industry will tend to buy from breweries that they know and you know that they can trust yeah um but for those that maybe don't know the industry so much or it's some somebody they've never heard of before they might well i'll give that a try mainly based on the artwork if the artwork was, was rubbish they wouldn't even go for it yeah you know, they won't even pick it up 
Um, obviously, as an artist, you, you've developed your own style. Um, I mean, how do, you, how do you manage to keep it fresh for each brewery so that they don't all end up looking like the same? Because obviously, they're going to have your stamp on it, you know. Yeah. But obviously, you were starting to work with a lot more breweries now. Like, so how, how do you manage to, I guess, almost discipline yourself to, to push yourself each time for it to be slightly yeah. different? With every piece, I try and make it the best I've ever done. Yep. And that helps me do that. Um, you know, the, there's some things that may stay the same. The way I draw trees, you know, it's kind of people look at the big kind of puff, puffy looking trees and go, oh, that, that's, that's Louis. You're right. right. So, you know, that kind of defines my style. So trees, clouds, things like that. You know, I'm just going to make sure that if, if I'm doing some work for somebody and they want something similar uh, in subject matter, yeah. to a previous brewery that I do it very different right. um, I, I've done one recently for Hamilton Brewery down in, in London right, yeah. um, and a collaboration with Abbeydale with Hamilton down in London oh is that the Baltic Porter yeah, right. um, yeah. but they're both kind of sea scenes um, so waves and things like that um, I had to make sure I did them in kind of even though it's for the same collaboration with, with Abbeydale mm. I had to do them with, in their own kind of style uh, and I try and make a style for each of the breweries I work with that, you know, I, I can stick to. Yeah. Um, Rock Leopard, one of the first breweries I, I did the artwork for. Um, with them, I try and build a world like a an alien planet or some mm. kind of world that is just for them. Do you know, I saw their logo uh, when they were... Because they're not that old, are they? No, um, no they're only a couple of years, and couple of years old. I, I remember... I can't remember the original name they were going to call their brewery. And then this name Rock Leopard came up, and I saw that logo, and I was just like, because I, I I love a good logo. Yeah. Um, I, I'm more of a kind of um, I use Illustrator more than kind of like illustrating, um, like like you do, to make kind of vectorized logos and stuff. I remember seeing that logo and being like, that is so clever, yeah, you know, um, because I think a lot of breweries will try and put a hop in their logo somewhere but the, it was so clever with the negative space and the, yeah. making it like a leopard in a hop I was just like oh it's very, very 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 clever um, genius Zumo Juice is the fellow that, that did that That's oh really he's his, his kind of handle uh, Richard remember his second name Richard right, Richard <laughs> Zumo Juice he's on, on uh, Instagram as Zumo Juice yeah, brilliant designer so um, wh- which breweries have you worked with so far and wh- what's some of the highlights of each project um, Abbeydale's one of the big ones that I've done and yep. kind of lots of lots of different work, two different uh, collaboration series of six beers, uh, and then kind of individual pieces for collaborations as well. Um, Abbeydale, uh, Amundsen. Right. Um, I've done a few pieces for them, but I do all their graphic design as well. Oh, um, wow, okay. So I, I'm not the sole artist. He, the, he's got a, another artist, uh, Shallow Tree, he's called. Mm. Um, he uses him for, for the, his core range. Um, but I basically get his graphic design or his, his art and vectorize it and, and basically sort it out for the labels and put it on, right. on the cans. Oh wow, amazing. Um, yeah, um, Hamilton Brewery, uh, Rock Leopard. It's quite a few. I've got to try and remember. <laughs> Lost Industry sat, <laughs> yeah, sat in here yeah, now. Yeah. Lost Industry, yeah, they're, yeah. Um, yeah, they're another. I'm really happy with them because they, they give me complete free reign to. Yeah, um, I mean the mural on the bar is amazing. Yeah, you know it's 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 great, um, and it's it's great when you walk in and, and see that above all those tap handles and stuff. <laughs> so, are you finding that breweries are approaching you, or, or you have to go out? They have they have done now. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the first one, it was kind of, you know, it was quiet after the first first few projects, but then um, 
I, I start. I was invited by um, Matt Jenkins, uh, Jenkinson up at Brewdog. Brewdog, yeah. Um, I think Matt's just moving on, but um, Matt was up at Brewdog at the time, and he invited me to do like an art art night mm. for the tap takeovers. So basically, come in, draw art while the breweries come in to um, to, to run their tap take takeover nights. Um, so I'd create some art, like live art on in the middle of the bar with everybody kind of talking and the brewers being there and then I'd, I'd take that art and give, it, give that back to the brewer so the brewer could take it home yep. um, and they, you know, they could either put it up in the brewery or discard it but that was good for me to get into, into different breweries right. um, I got in, into Abbeydale really from that um, I did a piece for Abbeydale um, I can't, Cold Conscience was the beer the, they just launched a beer um, for Tramlines Festival okay um, and I, I did like a, a big piece of art and I kind of brought it in, inked and coloured it in the bar because it was a, a big piece. Um, and they, they took that back to the brewery with me and literally a, a month or so later gave me a call and said, come and talk to us. Mm. So how did you find it then and how do you find it now put, putting yourself out there as a, as a creative? I mean, because I, I know through my different creative endeavours, it's it, it, particularly when you first start out, it's really nerve wracking of, of well, what will people think? Will I get any work off this? You know, you feel like a bohemian penniless guitar player. <laughs> just like, somebody pay me for my art. Like, I mean, do, do you still find that kind of nervousness now? Or do you feel like you've got more confidence now? You've got a thing behind you? Have you always been a bit I, like, I, yeah, I'm great? No, no, I've never <laughs> been like that. I, I still don't think that, no. I'm nowhere, nowhere near that. Yeah. Um, Artwork-wise, I think, it's just good to be in the industry. I, I love being in that industry. I love drawing for a living, and I yep. still wake up and think, "Bloody hell!" I've gone from you know doing a nine while five commuting like two hours every day to, mm. to the far side of Sheffield and back, and having a really rubbish kind of lifestyle. You get home and you're like, "I'm so tired. I, I just want to go to bed." To waking up and then going, "Well, I'm, I'm drawing today," and it's been like that for the last three years. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of waking up and drawing, and so I still find it really, you know. I'm completely loving it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I find it astounding that I'm doing it for a living. But, you know, so yeah. I remember um, talking to Stu from Yeasty Boys, um, um, talking about running my own business, and uh, I remember him saying, like, at some point you got you've got to take that jump yeah. and ju- and just go for it. And he said, um, you know, I wake up every day, even on the hard days, I think, oh, I can't believe I get to do this again today. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I think that's probably. The, the sweet spot for a lot of people that have set up th- their own business, I guess particularly creative businesses as well. Um, so w- w- walk us through the process then. So, so a, a brewery comes to you, um, like w- once you've been approached by the brewery to do some designs or, or, or do a mural in their bar, what, whatever it is like this, like what, what happens next? Everything from the brief to the, um, the doing it and then <laughs> the getting paid and all the yeah. rest of it. like. Most of the time, the briefs, yeah, it's pretty open. Um, but the breweries I've worked with, they tend to give me a beer name, uh, and that's it. In some cases, they don't even have a beer name yet. Right. They just have a beer style. Um, so do you have to come up with a name, or um, do you help I, with that? Sometimes I will. I'll use it as a, um, or I'll use a kind of a placement name. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put it in the, in the design and, and, and work with that name. Um, and then the brewery will either change it or sometimes they'll stick with it um, if they stick with it I'm happy because yeah, yeah, that's a name of beer um, <laughs> but yeah the, the kind of name's pretty easy to change you know that's more kind of graphic design rather than it is the, the hand drawn stuff um, yeah. 
sometimes if they've got the name I'll do kind of hand-drawn hand lettering and things like that um, and that works um, but yeah they'll normally just give me the beer name or the style if they give me the style I'll say right what, what ingredients are in there um, so I can add some of them ingredients to yeah. the artwork and kind of pull some of that in and you know if it's a tropical IPA you know lots of different fruit and yeah or if they're using certain hops I'll say right well you know what hops taste like what fruit and I'll put the fruit in there to you know uh, reflect the hops that's in there um, but things like that um, yeah and that's that's kind of that side of things once I've done that I'll do a rough sketch normally I'll do quite a few rough sketches mm. um, and come up with a concrete idea with some breweries I'll show them the sketch um, a lot of the time I tend not to right. because it's rough um, and if you show through experience if you show somebody the rough sketch sketch work they'll, they'll be scared straight away because it's, it's rough mm. I mean really rough you know it's kind of I don't see the point in drawing anything in detail twice um, because if you if you do that it becomes like tracing yeah um, and the second time round it's it, it looks forced it doesn't look as natural so I tend to draw a really rough kind of idea outline of how the, the work should be and then start messing around with uh, mm. you know composition and where things should go yeah that's interesting because I, I know with my designs I've and I've <laughs> I mean I've been doing design work for years but <laughs> I've literally only started doing this I start doing what I, I would say are, are like demos so to speak rather than like working on one thing solidly um, because you know you hand it over to the client and then if they say oh no I don't like it you've got to do it all again so I, yeah. I literally will, will, will do like a, a demo tape so to speak you know yeah. like, with, like with, with music and stuff and then you can kind of gauge alright which ones of these work and then concentrate yeah. on this is much much what I do I'll take a sketchbook you know I've got a caravan up in the Lake District right. and I'll, I'll take the sketchbook up and just sit and draw yeah you know and it's it's not work it's, do you know what I mean it's like I would have done that in my spare time before mm. I started doing this so I'd just take the sketchbook up and start doodling and you know, I might have six or seven pages of doodles, and then when you draw the right one, you know. Yep. You know, and it could be the first one I draw, it could be the right one. Um, some, sometimes that's the case. The pencil drawings will become the first, you know, and then I'll I'll get on and, and start inking that when I get back home from the yeah. The caravan. So w let's say you, you present like Hopzilla, like we've got in front of us, to to the client, and then like, I like it, but can you can you change can you move his head? Like what what happens then? Because yeah, obviously, if you do something in Illustrator from scratch, you can just be like, oh, I can I can sort that. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's a valid reason for it, right? Um, you know, if they said, well, you know, it, it, I don't know, it's offensive, or then I'll I'll start cutting it up. Um, I can still kind of work with the the ink work. Um, yeah. It's always best to to work in pencil, if you know what I mean, um, until the client's happy with it. But if, if I do decide not to show the client the pencil drawing and go straight to ink, um, I normally have a rough idea that it, I'm, I'm really happy. If I'm really happy with it, then yep. I'm, I'm guessing the client will be. But sometimes sometimes the client don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you, it's either rework it, start again. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that at that point, it's kind of hard because you we might have done a, a day's worth of inking or two days' worth of inking. Mm. Um, it's like, oh, let's start again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, but that's the case. It's part and parcel it of the role, it is. isn't it? Um, so we get a lot of brewers listening to this podcast and that, you know, they've got all their own pressures to deliver the products uh, on time. And then I, I guess as a designer, you can appreciate with, with print deadlines and stuff. And as a designer, you've got to be thinking several steps ahead all the time so they can 
meet the release date. Um, as, as you've got a captive audience listening to this, all of whom are going to want designs from someone uh, at some point, like what, what advice would you give them when working with an illustrator or designer? It depends on the illustrator or designer, but I'd say give, give them as much free reign as you can. Find somebody you trust uh, and the artwork you like. You know, look at the portfolio stuff. Um, and if you like it to start off with, you like more or less everything they do, that's a good starting point. Mm. Don't work with an illustrator you don't like and expect them to draw to the way you want because it's not going to work like that. Yeah. You know, that, that'll just cause friction. It, it'll kind of make the illustrator designer upset, but it'll also make yourself upset, upset because you'll be chasing, you yeah. know, trying to get something that you're never going to get from that, that mm. illustrator. Yeah. How much value do you think a brewery should put on their branding? I'd say it's, uh, it's one of the most important things um, after the beer. If you're trying to market um, beer that's not very really good, no matter how good your branding is, nobody's going to want, want to buy it. They may buy it the first time around, but they won't, you won't get a return yeah. Um If you get the, the beer game right um, and then get the, the branding right afterwards and everything's right, you're going to get return customers. Um, and you're going to get customers that stay excited about your products because every time you launch a new one, they, they'll be excited to see it. Mm. You know, to me, branding's one of the biggest things. It, it depends on the brewery. Um, I know in the, in, in the craft scene, there's lots of different, different ways of approaching graphic design or packaging or, or brand, you know, and it all depends on your budget. And sometimes, you know, if you've got a smaller budget, you may want to go down different routes. Yeah. Kernel, for example. Yeah, well. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. <laughs> but that, that is their brand now. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not an expensive brand, but people know ex- exactly when they see a Kernel bottle, they, they know it's Kernel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always think it's, it's a funny one because like, people who value the visuals and the branding are happy to invest good money into that, whereas not everybody values that kind of thing. So if you give a, a quote to a client, and they're like, you, know, you say, oh, it's this much, and they're like, oh, I'm not paying that. You, you know, you, you, you literally drawn a circle and put a, a, a bit of text on it. And I, you know, and I, I tell people this story now that I, I heard, I, I don't get that very often, but if I get that from people, where, um, I, you might hear this, where um, a woman walked up to Picasso in a bar, it's a true story, apparently. She walked up to Picasso in a bar and was like, oh, are you Picasso, yeah. And she's like, oh, would, would you mind drawing me, oh, we'll use a beer mat as an example. I think it was a napkin, but would, would you mind drawing me something on this beer mat? And he was like, yeah, of course. You know, so he gets out his pencil and he does this little sketch. And then he hands it to him and says, that'll be uh, 10,000 francs, please. She's like, that, that took me 40 seconds to draw. He's like, no, 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 that, that took me 20 years to draw. And it's the whole thing that people don't see that, you know, that, that thing of like the tip of the iceberg, like you only see what's above and that, like 90% of it's underneath. And I guess it's the same for you, like the, all the years of drawing yeah. and adding to your knowledge mean that you can say it cost me this much because you're not just valuing it by your time you're valuing it by all your experience i always tend to look at it the other way around is, right, is okay. what value is it to the client afterwards yeah you know what what can they uh, achieve from it mm. i always say look at the nike logo yeah the nike logo probably really didn't take that long to design but you put a nike logo on anything and it it ups the price from being being here to, to here yep. you know and it's all basically a brand yeah you know so yeah I like to look at it that way so what, what value is it worth to them afterwards yep you know? 
What do you think some of the biggest mistakes that brewers and, and brands make when it comes to branding and design? Trying to be like somebody else. Right. You know, that you get people that they like something and they're, oh, I, I want to look like that. Or oh, uh, give me something similar to that. If somebody asks for me, ask me for something similar to somebody else's, I'll say no. Yeah. Because um, I, I like to be the kind of person inventing the trends rather than following trends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stay away from trends, that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, make your own trend. Good advice. Um, how do you think breweries and bars can stand out on the shelves and differentiate themselves in such a crowded market? Um, I, I mean, especially now we've got all these, um, you know, breweries and bars um, in the UK alone. That's before we have any imported beer. Um, obviously, other than what you just said about um, try, trying to be yourself and unique. Um, because I think unless you find an illustrator like yourself that has a very unique style and you, you take more of the, the graphic design kind of route, sometimes you can go in and look at a shelf and be like, they all look quite similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point when it does become similar, there's it, a lot of people go to like graphic design agencies and get stuff done for them and they've got the experience in packaging design and things like that, but it's very traditional. Yeah. Rather than being kind of craft beer itself it's it's kind of traditional packaging mm. and that's all right but to me that doesn't stand out as as much as you know something that's vibrant and brightly colored and, and but like like you say eventually you're gonna have bottles and bottles that are all vibrant vibrantly colored and you know all screaming to to try and grab your attention i think at that point it comes down to your beer yeah well you i know? guess it's like with beaver town isn't it because obviously you know you've got nick from beaver town doing these really great designs and all of a sudden you get all these other kind of cartoony ones coming out of Magic Rock, you know, when they move away from the monsters to the geometric patterns yeah. and all the rest of it, all of a sudden you start getting a little bit more of that. Or, or Cloudwater's a good example with the kind of abstracty, arty patterns and yeah. you, you start seeing that. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see where beer art goes over the next yeah. five years. I mean, wh where do you see it going over the next five years? I've been trying to follow the trends of it. I, I, I think there's going to be a lot more photography on uh, as well as um, kind of illustration work. I think, mm. Don't get me wrong, the illustration works, I don't think it'll ever dry up. I think that's always going to be, be there. You know, it, it's vibrant, it works, and you know, it has done for forever, if you know what I mean, before craft beer even came about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, illustration on packaging does grab, grab your attention. Um, but I, I think photography is going to be a, a big, big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the sub has already started doing that, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, It'd be interesting to see other photographers and you know people that you know getting getting on packaging. Do you think that um, like beer cans have become the new album sleeve? Because obviously you know like when we were growing up, um, you, you get you get a CD from whatever bands you're into, and um, you, you know you'd listen to it in your, in your bedroom on your hi-fi, and you'd be reading the lyrics and the inlay, and you know and, and interacting with a, a physical product. So obviously you don't get that now with like yeah. Spotify and Apple Music. Whereas, obviously, with beer, it's still a, a, a sensory product, essentially. Yeah. So you, they, you can't digitise it. I mean, do, do you think that... I'd, I'd never thought, thought like that before, but there was a, a fellow on Instagram two or three weeks ago that said that to me. Oh, really? He, he basically sent me a message saying, basically asking that question. And I'd, I'd never thought about it before, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, there's a lot of people out there just... Sometimes they'll collect the beer just for the art. Um, mm. I, I find myself doing it every now and then with, you know, um, I, I got a, a Northern Monk beer the other day, the, uh, the Drew Miller 
um, serial serial IPA. Yeah. Um, I bought it solely for the artwork. I really, I kind of did care what the beer tastes like. You know, being Northern Monk, I thought it's going to be good anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I bought it solely for the artwork, um, and I peeled the artwork off, and I, I mounted it on a you know piece of foam board, and I put it in a frame because I like it. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny you say that because I've started on my guitar case putting um, different breweries like labels and stickers and stuff. Um, so breweries St Mars of the Desert were the first ones to go on because I got some of their stickers. And actually, um, I don't know if it's up, up here on the wall, the um, the one you did with the um, straw, strawberry tigers. The strawberry tigers. Yeah, 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 that's, the, the that's now label. on my guitar case. Yeah. I'm just like, it's so cool. You know, I, I love the idea that people are collecting these labels and and, and enjoying them as pieces of art yeah. rather than just like well, drinking I beer. I see them as pieces of art when I, I don't really see them as packaging design. Right. I, I know it's going to end up on a can, but I, I see each one as a, as a piece you could put in a gallery. Yeah. And so I, I work very big, like much bigger than I need to. You know, like literally A1. Oh wow, okay. You so, know, yeah. depending on the, on which how much detail needs to go in there and things like that but yeah I'll, I'll do them much bigger than I need to I could just draw them to scale mm. um, and it would save me a hell of a lot of time yeah, and, yeah. and energy but I like to I do them for me as so, well as for the client you know how, how do you get it into Illustrator? scan it in sections <laughs> right. stitch it together in Photoshop it's, it's time consuming I can imagine but it's, yeah it's, it's definitely um, yeah, it's a yeah. passion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I can spend a day scanning. Um, you know, because I should imagine you're doing it really high dots per inch, yeah. aren't you? So it's just like 1200 really DPI, slow. Uh, and I work on the file 1200 DPI A1 normally. So it, it, I need a fast computer. To yeah, I was going to say Illustrator is not great at the best of times. So when you, I should imagine, it's if you haven't got a fast computer, it's you do, yeah. you know. If a client said, can you move that hop? You'd be like, no, <laughs> go away. <laughs> um, so if, if a brewer doesn't have much cash, which um, they don't, <laughs> let's face it, there's not much that much money in the beer industry at, at the relatively lower levels, um, but is like super aware they need to stand out from the crowd with great branding, like, you know, which I think really is make or break for a lot of the newer, lesser-known brewers, like what what should they do? Um, like, how should they approach an artist like yourself or a local designer to to get them on side? I'd say be honest with the, the designer and say, look, I've got a limited budget, um, and the designer will say, well, this is what I can do based on that budget. If you, you kind of start wanting like the most colourful thing in the world and the most detailed thing in the world, you'll not be able to get it for that budget. Mm. But it doesn't mean you can't get like one or two colours, spot coloured design and still get something that looks really vibrant yep. that doesn't take as long to do. You know, so yeah, talk to the designer, talk to the artist. Yep. Uh, now, obviously you said earlier you were a home brewer yourself. I actually saw the, uh, that kombucha you did. That kombucha. Um, that uh, looked amazing. <laughs> I was, I've been thinking about making some myself. But, um. And I've been experimenting. Uh, we've got a big garden with lots of different things in it. Nice. Um, it's all sorts of like different herbs and fruit and I've basically just got the kombucha started and now I'm just experimenting putting different things in it wow. so like lemon verbena out of the garden and mint and um, like black malt left over from a right. kind of homebrew recipe that there was a bit left over so I'll just try some of that in it nice um, yeah just experiment so how um, how does that feed into your artwork do, do you find knowing that process and what's involved do you find that helpful or? I think it's helpful for me to understand the, the process so I know when it comes to doing the artwork what deadlines and things I've got 
to create and the fact that the ABV may change or things like that you know understanding the brewing process does help you know and understanding the industry helps mm. you know there's a lot of designers that don't work solely in in the industry I think I've got that kind of edge on them yep. um, because I know how the industry works and, and I enjoy the beer in the industry I know you know what the current trends are in the industry you know yeah that kind of thing yeah so it's it's nearly 2020 Brexit hasn't happened yet um, we're about to have another general election Do- Donald Trump is still in the White House where do you see the beer industry heading over the next five years <laughs> oh, as, as a whole <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all up in the air isn't it you, they could put a tax or a levy on small breweries again and then you know it could kill the industry so hopefully not mm, yeah <laughs> but yeah it it's completely up in the air. I, I think the beer industry will still continue to grow. Um, and if it doesn't grow based on the number of breweries, it'll grow. The breweries that are there will, you know, diversify and start, you know, doing different things. Yeah. People getting into gin. I've, I've seen some breweries getting into gin and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I still see it being very, very strong in the next five years. Probably stronger. Um, but I think it'll become more localised. Mm. Um, and people will start drinking more locally um, there's lots of people opening tap rooms and things like that just for that that reason so people can come in and kind of be a tourism yeah you know that I, I know so many people that go to, to Buxton Brewery you know just to try the Omni, Omnipolo beer so I think that's probably a, a way it's going to move forward as well yeah real well th- thanks for being on the podcast today um how, how can people find out more about the, the man, the myth, the legend that is Louis? Louis? <laughs> um, just go to uh, LewisRyanArt.com. That's that's the best place to go from there. You can go onto the Facebook page, Instagram, all the all the all the areas. Amazing. Sure. Today's episode of the Hot Ford Podcast was brought to you by Eco Keg, the strongest, most versatile, and eco-friendly one-way keg on the market today. Eco kegs can be racked just like a cask or counter-pressure filled like any traditional steel keg made in the UK using 70% recycled materials and fully recyclable to industrial recyclers they can be 100% recycled by EcoKeg themselves into new kegs and they also offer free collection for empty EcoKegs used extensively across the brewing industry by cast brewers looking to enter the keg market without needing any expensive equipment as well as macro and micro brewers distributing across the uk and throughout the rest of the world particularly because they are available not only in sankey valves but grundy a and d types also for more information you can speak directly to lewis on 01656 725 799 or email info at ecokeg.com or visit their website ecokeg.com Thanks for tuning in to the Hot Forward podcast this week. Don't forget we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. So hit the subscribe button for more insights into the beer industry. Connect with us at hotforward.beer or through our social media channels at hotforwardbeers. Until next time, cheers. Hi, so